Sunday Escape. See you next week. Have a good one. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The top stories. Senior officials say people must stop commenting on ongoing court cases for the sake of judicial independence. The financial chief says unemployment is about to rise again as the pandemic wreaks havoc with the economy. And fugitive Democrat Ted Hoy says he's had a personal explanation from HSBC's CEO for the freezing of his family's accounts. Senior officials have strongly criticised people here and overseas for making what they describe as inappropriate comments about cases that are before the courts. They say they won't accept remarks or actions that interfere with judicial independence. Francis Sitt reports. Writing on her blog, the Justice Secretary Theresa Zhang said Hong Kong's judicial system was under attack on political grounds. Without citing specific cases, she said politicians had unreasonably demanded that charges be dropped and suspects released. Prosecutors, she added, also face unreasonable attacks. The minister says nobody, not even her own department, should comment on any ongoing case. She urged people to read court rulings before discussing them to avoid any misunderstanding. The Chief Secretary Matthew Chang said on his blog that while people may have different views on court rulings, the public should be cautious and responsible in making comments. He says no one should put pressure on judges or courts nor make personal attacks to preserve local and international confidence in Hong Kong's rule of law and judicial independence. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan says Hong Kong's next round of job statistics to be released on Tuesday will show unemployment at a 16-year high. Writing on his blog, Mr Chan warned of more layoffs and business closures after the Lunar New Year holiday, with the pandemic affecting a key time of the year for many industries. He said a return to growth was possible this year, but the outlook remained grim. He said his coming budget would stress the need to plan and invest for the long term, as well as meeting current challenges. The exiled former lawmaker Ted Hoy says he's received a personal email from HSBC's chief executive explaining why it froze credit cards and accounts belonging to Mr Hoy's family. Jimmy Choi has more. Mr Hoy posted a picture of the email from Noel Quinn on his Facebook page. He quotes Mr Quinn as saying that the bank had no choice but to freeze accounts belonging to the Hoy family at the instruction of the Hong Kong police. The Democratic Party members said Mr Quinn had told him that bank staff were wrong to say that the cancellation of the cards was a commercial decision. In fact, HSBC had only frozen the cards. Mr Ho skipped bail to move to the UK via Denmark last month while awaiting trial on protest-related charges. He said he was unable to accept HSBC's latest explanation. He said the fact that the bank took more than a month to reply was irresponsible, and he questioned why his family was, as he put it, being collectively punished. A Hong Kong medical expert says the government should consider using vitamin D as part of the fight against COVID-19. Dr Alvin Chan, a co-chairman of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases and a council member of the Medical Association, said research had found that vitamin D might be useful in the prevention and management of the disease. Speaking on RTHK's Letter to Hong Kong programme, he made this suggestion. As incentives for the mass vaccination programme, the government could consider giving out vitamin D supplement for all COVID-19 vaccinees when they leave the venues together with educational materials on the vital role of vitamin D in our immune system and 
a vaccination certificate or code, good for job applications, traveling, reopening of restaurants, gyms, theaters, and businesses alike. Dr. Chan also called on the government to do its best to educate the public about the need to get vaccinated. He says that 80% of the population of 5 million people must be vaccinated this year to achieve herd immunity. For mass vaccination to succeed, the government must try its best to educate the public about the need for vaccination and to fend off misconceptions and false messages, especially the fallacies wrapped in pseudoscience denouncing the vaccines. The choice of vaccines should, of course, be based on published peer-reviewed scientific research data rather than emotional or political considerations. The SAR government has ordered 7.5 million doses each of three vaccines by Sinovac, BioNTech and AstraZeneca. The programme should begin next month. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past one. Overseas, Joe Biden's team has unveiled details of a series of executive orders which the US president-elect will sign in the hours after his inauguration on Wednesday. They include rejoining the Paris Climate Accord and scrapping a travel ban on a number of largely Muslim countries. Heightened security has led to much of central Washington being shut down for the inauguration after the assault on Congress by Donald Trump supporters earlier this month. More details from the BBC's Peter Bowes. The Capitol building, which was stormed by a mob earlier this month, is now surrounded by a high fence. Members of the National Guard are patrolling the streets and the city is under lockdown. By Wednesday, 25,000 troops will be in the Capitol to try to keep the peace. The FBI has warned police agencies around the country that state capitals could be the target of further protests in the coming days. A state of emergency has already been declared in Maryland, New Mexico and Utah. In Minnesota, armed guards are stationed at the state capitol, which has already been descended on by protesters. NASA has denied that a test of the huge engines that are a central part of its plan to send astronauts back to the moon amounted to a failure. The first simultaneous firing of all four engines used in the Artemis program was halted after little more than a minute. The head of NASA, Jim Bridenstine, admitted that the ground test in Mississippi hadn't gone entirely to script. But he said the findings were valuable. The amount of progress that we've made here today is remarkable. And no, this is not a failure. This is a test. And we tested today in a way that is meaningful, where we're going to learn, we're, and, we're, and we're, going, we're going to make adjustments, and we're going to fly to the moon. That's what the Artemis program is all about. That's what NASA is all about. And that's what the United States of America is all about. This was a successful day. A team of Nepali climbers has set a new world record by becoming the first mountaineers to reach the summit of K2, the world's second highest mountain, during winter. The BBC's Jill McGivering reports. K2 is known as the Savage Mountain for good reason. Until now, it was the only one of the world's 14 highest peaks, all over 8,000 metres, which had never been climbed successfully in winter. The team had hoped to reach the summit in the middle of the day local time, but hours passed with little news. A leading team of three might have made it sooner alone, but planned instead to stop ten metres from the summit and wait, so all ten mountaineers could set this new world record as a group. To sport and in the NFL, the top-seeded Green Bay Packers will host next week's NFC Championship game. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers led the pack to a convincing 32-18 victory over the LA Rams. 
They'll play Tampa Bay or New Orleans, who clash tomorrow morning. In the AFC, Buffalo beat Baltimore 17-3. They'll face reigning champions Kansas City or the Cleveland Browns for a place in the Super Bowl. In soccer, Leicester City have claimed second place in the English Premier League, a point behind Manchester United, ahead of the leaders' a big game against reigning champions Liverpool tonight. Leicester were 2-0 winners at home to Southampton, and the BBC's Sojo Sharka was at the King Power Stadium. Well, in a season where it's really become about getting the job done, Leicester will consider this an efficient day at the office. Harvey Barnes gave the scoreline some gloss in added time after James Madison had opened the scoring in the first half. His finish, first class, his celebration, a PR masterpiece. No hugs, just air handshakes with his teammates. Southampton's best effort came from Stuart Armstrong, who hit the bar. Leicester go up to second in the table. Mason Mount scored the only goal of the game for Chelsea, who defeated 10-man Fulham 1-0. Anthony Robinson was sent off in the first half of Fulham. It was only Chelsea's second Premier League win in seven games. The seven points off the pace setters Manchester United. The Chelsea boss is Frank Lampard. A lot of people are talking about us and a lot of people make a, a big deal about the fact that we've lost some games, but for me it's, uh, I'd say it's normal. Um, but where we're at, we had a really good run and then you have a tough patch, I expected it this season and it's only the beginning in the short term we have to make sure we carry it through with the, with the games and the run of games we've got coming this month And the tennis coach has apologised after he contracted Covid-19 sending 23 players he'd travelled with into quarantine three weeks before the Australian Open Sylvain Bruno said he was extremely saddened and he had no idea how he caught the virus he tested negative within 72 hours of boarding the flight from Abu Dhabi to Melbourne. To end the news, the top stories once again. Senior officials say people must stop commenting on ongoing court cases for the sake of judicial independence. The financial chief says unemployment is about to rise again. And fugitive Democrat Ted Hoy says he's had a personal explanation from HSBC CEO for the freezing of his family's accounts. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.
Man, I'd love to see that girl again. Man, I'd like 